and I'm rolling my sleeves up here because I have a big one. Welcome to the Panel Scanners, and I am Phil. I didn't introduce myself last episode, actually, which is really weird. Uh, it's kind of offbeat for me. It's just, I thought I should mention that so I could see the weird looks the guys gave me. You were so <laughs> focused on getting the intro right for the first time. Right. That I forgot myself. I forgot your name. That's what happened. You already know who you are. Sure. That's how that works. So, regardless... Uh, I'm Phil. With me tonight, and some of the voices you've already heard, are my long-term companion, Darren. How are you, Darren? I'm still waiting for that ring, Phil. <laughs> You're not that kind of long-term long companion. Long time, my friend. Long time. How does that work in podcasting? Do you get that after a while? I mean, is it kind of like a domestic partnership at this point? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I am his yeah. companion, in so far as the room he has is larger on the inside than it is on the out. That was a that was a pretty good Doctor Who reference. Proud of you. Well, Proud you. of you. There was a companion. And what was that? I am uh, your companion. And also, mm, companion. And also, Gary. Oh, Gary. Yes. <laughs> that tire will never lose its tread. Yes. <laughs> And the guy who eggs me on to do that is Matt. How are you, Matt? Oh, yeah, boss man. I am ripping off the expanse for all of its catchphrases. So that's going to be uh, how I respond to everybody here now. Uh, so o- once I watch the Oh, Gary, of- Oh, Gary, I have a clip of Phil from, gosh, maybe the first year of us doing this where uh, he was having a rough time. And so I got him a hero clicks and I presented it to him on the air. And I don't know if you remember this, Phil. And he literally like almost leapt across the table. Is that a hero clicks? And for a while, that was, uh, I don't know if I ever told you this, Phil, that was my text message alert for Phil when he texted me. Is that a hero clicks? It was so, it was so genuine. He was was like so excited to see this that as I was handing it to him. Wasn't it Batman 66 too? Is that, is that the one I gave you? Yeah. Oh man. Hey, that was when I was. I'm a really good friend. You are. I was still in my 20s at that time. I know. I was. Gosh, I was in my 30s. Yeah. Hey, Thank Darren, you. before I forget, uh, let your uh, dealer daughter know. I need some more uh, Samoas and Thin Mints. More Samoas, <laughs> more Thin Mints. How many boxes? Uh, oh, two of each. Two Samoas, two Thin Mints. All right, well, <laughs> I like how we're doing like shady Girl Scout cookie deals at the top of our episode. That's, I mean, I dropped that, off quite the hall at your house, buddy. I feel like shady Girl Scout is kind of redundant. I think everybody knows the Girl Scouts are shady. You, you got any more of those Samoas? <laughs> <laughs> you guys can't see, but he's, he's itching the, uh, the inside of his elbow here. And he... <laughs> I haven't seen... That's why I order no less than eight boxes at a time. That's If yesterday wasn't St. Patrick's Oh, I dropped ten. Day. I got ten last time. <laughs> Yeah, he did. If yesterday wasn't St. Patrick's Day, I'd say I haven't seen bloodshot eyes like that since St. Patrick's Day. (laughs) Oh, you did it. You dated the episode, Darren. Well, I said... Uh, I did did it. I blew it. I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you. Oh, man. Always one of us. One of us always did this all month. Well, I'm going to date it anyway with this first segment. Boy, 2020, huh? When's this year going to end? 2021 sucks just as bad. (laughs) <laughs> all right well 
we're going to we're going to jump into something that I think only one of us has a lot to say about where we are going to grill you, Darren. So I know you've only saw part of it at this point, the Snyder Cut of the Justice League film. Well, since I've dated this, I've either seen 43 minutes of it or I've seen the entire thing. Now, that first 43 minutes I saw, um, I don't know if I'm making it through the entire thing, man. I, I this Okay. Oh, my God. All right, so I started watching it. Is it any better? No! Any better? It, I, it, listen, it was enough for me to text you that we need to get Wonder Woman out of the DCU while there's still time. And Aquaman. Do the same thing for Aquaman. Okay. Because they figured out the tone of that character. Well, they said, we, we, we want to do what Marvel did with Thor to Aquaman. We got it. We got to start. Like, I, I texted that. Wonder Woman is literally the Andre Drummond of the comic book superhero movies in that she's still in top form and she's just dying on a vine out there in the DCEU. I mean, she's still got it. She's one for two in movies, so there's still time to save her. And we need to orchestrate a trade to get her in the MCU, and it has to happen now. We get send Iron Fist over the DCEU. They won't do anything with him, and uh, no one needs to do anything with him. If that's the Iron Fist we're going to get, then he can just let him go out there and some try to go find Oliver Queen and get the crap kicked out of him anyway. And get, please, MCU, rescue Wonder Woman. She belongs in your universe now. We don't want the DCEU is not allowed to play with her anymore. Batfleck. This one. They pull her over as the ship starts to sink. That's how it's going to happen. Yeah, well, the ship... You know what's sad? is like, they fixed it all, right? They were on a run. They were on a hot streak. And then Wonder Woman 84 came along and like, uh-oh. And this, now, for the first is 45 minutes of this, were any... What's that? Is one in a row a hot streak? Well, let's see. Right. Uh, from my understanding, <laughs> what it was, it was Wonder Woman came out, and then Justice League, that was terrible. And then Shazam was people enjoyed. I haven't seen it. it was Aquaman was people. Actually, was Aquaman was people enjoyed. I haven't seen it. Um, Aquaman was, was good. Joker was good. Um, and so they had, you know, they had some things going on there. And then Suicide Squad people seemed to be, or not Suicide Squad, uh, Harley Quinn was apparently got a lot of good ratings. People seemed to like that a lot. So they put four in a row, four out of five there for a minute. Um, Are you talking about the Prey film? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's bad. the one. I'm I, sorry. I don't think that was well reviewed. I don't know. I, maybe maybe I'm wrong about that. I thought it was pretty well reviewed. I could be wrong, but they they actually sort of dug themselves out of a hole, and then, I mean, Wonder Woman '84. I the, the best you can say is it, it was a snooze fest. But let me tell you what, man. If you get, I, I would. I, I mean, seriously, after the first forty-five minutes, I'm considering rewatching Wonder Woman '84 to see if it's any worse. And like this, just seems to be like <laughs> it's Justice League only longer because <laughs> we because that's what everyone wanted and the, and the problem with this is very simple it's superman he hasn't shown up yet but we already know they blew it with superman right i mean this is not a, this is not something that was up for debate so i don't know where we go with this in the last episode we did i, I lamented the fact that a movie that's going to heavily feature Superman. In fact, the whole reason they stated to make this was to kind of fix what was wrong with Superman. That seemed to be the impetus to make the Snyder Cut and to some degree. Um, there's a lot of slow motion shots of people walking. 
and there's a lot of chanting. Uh, the score, I would uh, describe the score so far as people chanting. Um, so, I mean, uh, I guess it's it's a curiosity. You would assume something cool is going to happen, but the fact that I'm 45 minutes in and nothing, literally nothing has happened. Nothing. You're my guinea pig, because I didn't see the first cut, and I was like, maybe I'll give the Snyder Cut a chance, so I only have to watch this not great movie once. No, you don't need to but watch you're making it this at all. Just, just okay. skip it completely. <laughs> don't care. You, you don't let, me, need... let me ask this question. Is the Snyder Cup the Snyder Cup, the Snyder Cut a 100% completely different movie? No. In or fact, are there two of the parts action in the original sequ- that you'll recognize from the first one? Two of the action sequences I've seen in the first five, 45 minutes were pulled out of the original. Okay. And yeah, this is not the black and white version, right? What? This is not the black and white version, right? Because aren't they releasing also a black and white Justice League Snyder Cut? Sure. Because that'll make it better. I, I I literally am just absolutely baffled by wh- now now let's see there's still three fourths of this movie to come if this is what we're calling it um, so I mean I I have no reason literally no reason to think that it's going to get better it's like literally they, they they keep seeing the NBA seasons at the halfway point right as we record this on March I don't know something around it um, I already blew it once I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> But the Cavs have most of their games remaining. Yet there's nothing, and they're only two games out of the final playoff spot. Yet there's nothing to lead me to believe that there's any reason to think that they're going to make the playoffs. Okay, this is where we are with Justice League. Yeah, we're 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 pulling into the halfway point. I have no reason to believe this thing's getting any better. First of all, we know Bat Batfleck's going to be in this movie more, and that's not a good thing. All right, let's just get that out of the way. I don't blame Ben Affleck. This is the worst version of Batman I've seen, right away. All right. Um... We haven't seen the Flash yet, which is good because he's running too quickly. What? Yeah, that's right. He could be he, he could have been in every scene, and we just didn't know it. Um, they've done very little with Aquaman. He just got mad at Bruce and said, "You should leave now because I'm going to leave." And Bruce went, "Okay, I found you though." Like, yeah, great, you found him, Bruce. Your whole point was to bring him back, and you didn't do that. Okay, once again, proving that their Bruce Wayne is a moron. <laughs> Like, seriously, their Bruce Wayne is comic relief. He was comic relief in Justice League. Think about that. Their brilliant What's your move, superpower? Their brilliant move. And Warner Brothers said, let's make Batman comic relief. That's a great idea, right? The answer is no, of course. Now, all right, so... Uh, but, it, but it allows to use that bit where they get the wrong Martha mixed up and it's like everybody has a good laugh and they pat each other on the back. And I mean, we really got to make sure that we really amp that up. And, and, you know, I think it's really important for the film. Yeah. Literally the dumbest resolution in movie history. You know, um, that was a huge day in the writer's office. Like someone went, did you guys, did you ever think about this? Superman's mom and Batman's mom? Same name. And they all went, mind blown. This is our movie. <laughs> There's our whole movie. Our whole movie. What was that joke oh. you, you told before about, uh, was it the, the uh, Aquaman's interview for the Justice League? When they asked him, like, what is mom's name? He said, Aqua Martha. Aqua Martha. <laughs> yeah, <if> you, <laughs> you're in. Yeah, you're in. 
<laughs> Aqua Martha, you're in. Um, you either have no mom or her name is Martha. That is your entrance into the Justice League. And Flash is like, sweet, I can still get in. Um, yeah, so anything else you want to know about this uh, thing? What, what have you seen that's different so far? I mean, like, I, I'm a, like a, you recognized it, at, like a new character or a different line of thing, like dialogue or? Nope. Nothing? Nothing of consequence. So, if I'm wrong here, isn't the ending supposed to be a little bit different? Isn't the Snyder Cut supposed to be everything that he had filmed, but then when he had to leave the show, uh, and I, I'm, I know that it's for very serious reasons, so yeah. I'm not trying to trivialize it. He left I, the show. I, I'm just but wasn't it when they came in, he was really upset with the way that they kind of had a resolution within the film like that, like they went more towards a standard model. He wanted something with a little bit more gravity to it. So maybe the beginning isn't where we're going to see anything different. And guys, I'm really trying to polish what I know for a fact there's going to be a turd. So like, just bear with me on this one. I'm going to watch it. But at this point, you know, I just I believe that the ending is supposed to be what's different or at least. Well, last portion of it, right? I think the first version was two hours, and this one clocks in at over four, so that ending's going to be really long. Um, no, I think the first one was like two an hour, two and a half hours long, or was something it? like that. Sorry, two so here's the thing: it was too long. It felt like that if it wasn't. Yeah. In reference to what you're saying, you know, I am joking. A lot of this is, you know, we're we're giving our opinions. I'm joking around, and yes, he ended up having to leave the production due to some very tragic circumstances. I'm rooting for mm-hmm. the guy. I think he was handcuffed to a significant degree and i think he probably thought that oh, i'll be able to fix this in post-production and eh, you know i don't know i'm a whole i'm rooting for it to get better but i just it, i mean there's so very ending, little what's that phil will an ending fix it if it's so top sure. heavy bad is you want to fix it sure i mean if i mean if it if it starts to improve from there and you have a good ending that you know introduces something and i don't know the, the rumor is they're going to introduce green lantern um sure <laughs> it could fix it i mean yeah I'm, I'm optimistic that it could i just i've now sat through over three hours of justice league versions of justice league basically to arrive at the same conclusion so i will we will see what's going forward i don't know what was it green lantern or martian manhunter green or both lantern. I don't believe Martian Manhunter has been referenced or shown up yet at all. Okay. He's shown up in the CW verse, the Arrowverse, but not in this. Did you see the four additional minutes of Jarrett Leto's Joker yet? No, I have not. No? I have not okay. seen, no. I forgot, I forgot that's coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. We've got to have to brace for impact on that as well. I just, right. that, was, that was one of the more curious movies I've seen in a long time. Anyway. Um, now there's something else that happened. I'm interested in what you guys think of, um, Superman being recast once again, Henry Cavill of a person of color. Now, as Phil will attest, I have stated on this podcast numerous times that the color of Superman's skin is irrelevant. The story needs to be good. Superman is so reliant on a good story that I think he's the most reliant on most superheroes that you need a hook. You need a good story to make this happen because Superman's is an emotional journey. Batman, you can get away with a lot. Batman, you can throw him in like, you you mean sometimes you just need like, 
oh, there's a drug dealer or some sort of gangster bullying some people, and you want Batman to drop in the middle of that and just go to town. And sometimes that's enough. And, you know, a lot of the, the Spider-Man, I think the same thing. Sometimes you just want to see that guy swinging around, you know, dodging, you know, pumpkin bombs from the Green Goblin, and it's enough to satiate your Spider-Man. But I don't know if that's really the case with Superman, which is why I think that there, to some degree, that's it's hard for people to get into Superman as much, because I think there needs to be more tied to a Superman movie. So I've been long said that the... the um, the color of Superman's skin is irrelevant if you don't have a good story. Um, it's you know there have been multiple uh, Superman characters, Cal Ellis and uh, Val Zod uh, in the past, and it, it's funny. I I was you know and, and please Phil don't. This is not me being reductive. I get accused of this. I was certain that they created Cal Ellis in response to Miles Morales, and it turns out Cal Ellis comes out back in the early two thousands. So he predates Miles Morales, but I'm sure they, you know, made his uh, his presence more prominent when they realized there was a, a reason to do it. Um, so I just think that if they're going to do it, now is the time to do it. They're never going to have a better time to, if you want to go and have this Superman as a person of color, do it now. It's the perfect time to do it because, you know... It looks. Who knows what the what, what people are going to think of this Justice League? You know, if it ends up being wonderful and people love it, and Superman comes back, you know, of course they're going to resign Henry Cavill. But it doesn't need to be Clark Kent, right? I, I'm on board if that's the case. Um, man, how do I say this without making myself sound like a complete ass? Um, I, I am very much a you know, please leave the intellectual properties alone kind of a person um i mean i and again i'm a machine designer so it's not quite the same as you know someone who develops a comic book character you know writes a book something like that but i've had in the past you know designs that i've submitted that i've had bosses or managers just chopped a bit you know and at that point i didn't even want to put my name on it anymore you know i was very proud of what i had submitted and they, you know, well, we're going to take this off because it's too expensive or we're going to change this. You know, everything about it that you loved. You're like the you anti-Stan Lee. <laughs> um, I won't put my name on it. Nope, that, slap my but... name on everything. <laughs> I mean, okay, if, you, if you're an artist, you're going to write what you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have a, you know, a Caucasian artist who's going to write an African-American character, you know it's going to get torn to bits. Because, like, oh, this is stereotypical or everything. Every time he does something you know, bad, you know, it's like, oh, you're just trying to portray them this way. Anyway, so you write what you know. And these characters have, over the years, you know, gained their popularity based on who they are, the relationships they developed, the stories they've gone through. And then they want to take them to, you know, we're going to put them in a movie, but we're going to change them. And it's like, okay, that's not how you got there. Well, let me put it um, to you this way, Gary, if I may. Yes, it's, it's a product of evolution, and I, and I go back, and I think about this, and I go back, like if Superman was going to get made in the 90s, I think my, my dream Superman movie would have been Sandra Bullock as Lois Lane, and if you think back at the time, Will Smith as Superman was rumored. Now, I don't know if he would have been going to Superman, but does anyone think he wouldn't have crushed it as Clark Kent? And Superman will always only be as good as the Clark Kent. No, I, I, I will agree with you on that. 
So um, it proves that I just think that the color of the skin is irrelevant. And I don't think just because you think, no, nah, it's what I'm used to. It's what I grew up with. It's not. I mean, that's just what you're used to. It's what you're. It's not. A, it's not a comment on race or equality. No. It's just. No. Now I will say you know the skin color doesn't matter, but if you start let's say like change your sexual orientation, well now their entire relationship between Superman and Lois is gone. Yeah. I mean, you know, so that entire dynamic that's been going on for decades well, is gone. And maybe I think that's I part of what developed that character. Go ahead, Matt. And I see where you're going with that, Gary, a little bit, if you don't mind. Like, it feels to me like change for the sake of changing it is, is what I think you might be having a little bit of frustration with. Like, don't do it just to say that you did it. Do it because it makes sense to do it. So, like, with... with or it makes it Darren better. Saying, you know, yeah, I, exactly. And, and you look at it and you think about it. And, and Darren, I'm not, I wasn't familiar with that Will Smith idea. I would, I would have plunked down any amount of like not any amount of money but i would plunk down a significant portion of money because i believe that will smith would have been a fantastic version of that character right you know that would have been a really intriguing version of that character and so but that would have been because you had a person who could realistically portray the character of superman and clark kent like you said and it was believable but so it wouldn't have been done because yes the multicultural part would have been really important right absolutely we know that and we know the significance that that would have carried but it also would have been just the right fit and that's what they wouldn't have been trying to force force feed anything, whereas opposed to when you're trying to make a point by doing something versus actually doing it because it's just the natural evolution of the character. So do we need a, a Superman character who is non-white? Yeah, I'd probably say that we do. I think we're long overdue for having that. But don't do it just for the sake of doing it. Do it because you have somebody who can well represent that character. Exactly. And I know that... Um... I'm of the belief now. I do think that there is a nuanced level of performance that will go into Superman, um, and I think Christopher Reeve proves that. And you know, that's that, to me. That's the other thing we'll get to in a minute. Um, but I don't. If someone's gonna, if like I know the name that keeps getting thrown about is Michael B. Jordan, and I always think yeah. uh, Michael Jordan, but you know MJ, but Michael B. Jordan, and I'm like, well, they keep showing all these like fan made versions of him as Superman. I'm like, I see, that's fine. Can he pull off Clark Kent? If he can pull off Clark Kent and the story's good, it's going to be fine. His his skin color will disappear at that point. It should. It doesn't matter at that point. Um, it really doesn't. So, you know, and the other thing about that, and the other thing I think that I'm okay with it is because what is the best Superman movie? Which one's the best? Man of Steel? Oh, okay, sorry. Oh, man. God, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just throwing shots at you there. No. Yeah, you are. <laughs> but I would say, and, and I think even our former co-host, and I think Phil realizes this too, that first Superman movie is a template by which some of the most successful superhero movies have built off of. So I grew up with the best super ha- Superman movie you could have possibly asked for in 1978. It's been there my entire life. So when you go and you're going to throw out these all weird versions, it doesn't really bother me because I've already got it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, go ahead and go crazy with it. I don't care. I've always got Superman the movie. That thing's great. Well, so I just as we discussed before with the whole Spider-Man thing about, you know, you have a generation who thinks that Miles Morales is Spider-Man. Yeah. You know, I mean, you have Christopher Reeve. That is always your, your voice. That is your image. Yeah. I know. I mean that that's what's near and dear to your heart. Mm-hmm. And there will be people that when they start, you start riffing about you know Superman. 
will not be talking about the same thing. So, okay, let me ask you this question. Let's say Michael B. Jordan does get the role. How much of his backstory are they going to change? Is he still going to grow up in a small, you know, Kansas farm in Smallville? Or are they going to start changing other nuances as well? Yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. does it make sense for that version of Superman? I don't know. I mean, I I think that, to me, if you're going to take Michael B. Jordan and you're just going to throw him back in Smallville in Kansas and retell the same old tale, I don't, that doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me. Right, I mean, but that's Superman, isn't it? I mean, that's well, yeah, that's but part of him that doesn't have to be his whole thing. You're, you're, I think I, he's you're splitting hairs a little bit too. Yeah. Like, it's not necessarily it doesn't. And I mean, even saying that if they do go this route and this Michael B. Jordan Superman happens, it's not necessarily the Clark Kent Superman either. And I mean, my mentality has completely shifted due to the existence of the already aforementioned. Miles Morales, just because somebody is a superhero, that does not mean that they are the secret identity. So it, we're not necessarily going to get a Clark Kent Superman in this tiny Coates version of Superman. It could be someone completely different who has the same values to them. So I think, especially in this type of situation, sitting and waiting to see how they're going to approach the character, the superhero character, not the not the secret identity character. And seeing where they go with it, and this is this is a big change in my opinion because I mean Darren can attest when I when I approached Miles Morales, I was incredibly nervous of of a different person being that superhero. But I think that Miles Morales is a very good job encompassing what it means to be Spider Man. So I could see that happening with another version of Superman. It doesn't necessarily have to be Clark. And if anything, it might be a little dangerous to go down the path of saying that this version of Superman is Clark Kent because you are pigeonholing yourself into that idea of group on a farm. Yeah, that's another really good point. And I think, go ahead, Matt. Well, I was just going to say, and I think Phil really hit on something there. Like, is it so important for us to have a, a Superman that has a backstory that's that's similar to what we were talking about, you know, or is it really just getting down to what the character was created for, which is to represent a particular set of ideals? So, yes, yeah, the fact that it's true. Clark Kent is almost irrelevant, right? You, you Superman, I know what you're saying, Darren, when you say that Clark Kent is the most important. I think you can create an alter ego where the, the superhero version of it is Superman, and it represents the values that maybe are more appropriate for the 20 2021 we can say that we're not dating ourselves by that saying that no uh with 2021 because absolutely and, and we know that as a person who studied history you know how we view history how a historian would have viewed a particular time period in 1950 versus how we would view it today is obviously going to be uniquely different so our, our superheroes have to evolve at the same pace absolutely. as well so I, th- I like that idea of what phil's saying like if the central tenets of what makes Superman Superman, then where they develop their origin story, what uh, culture they represent, it, it's that's irrelevant. Not to say that's irrelevant because it doesn't matter. It would matter, obviously, to the character and what they experience, but that shouldn't matter as much as does Superman still represent the same values and ideals that he did? And that's where you can get in. That's where you can actually let that character really, really expand. And now they're no longer held to just a small town in Kansas anymore. Now they could be uh, a, a suburb of a major city or a major city in and of itself, or, you know, a coastal town or whatever you want to come up with at that point. I think that's a great point. And, you know, one of the other things they have to be real careful of is not to go 
too far in the other direction and make him a stereotype of something that he doesn't they don't want him to represent like it'd be so easy like you know to set him in the inner city and all these other things and trying to escape you know that that to me i'm not i don't think i'm interested in that either i mean i'm i'm but i'm very interested to see where they go with this um i think it it could be a lot of fun i think i could easily buy someone else in that costume Someone who doesn't even need to be African American; it could be anyone flying past that, uh, flying past the Earth, giving the old salute to the camera with a. Da, 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 da. I could totally get into that. I could be. Mm-hmm. It could be a theme. Listen, they already did it with Green Lantern, and uh, oh, by the way, there is a whole generation of people that watch that Justice League cartoon that think that John Stewart is Green Lantern, and Neil Adams created John Stewart uh, for that purpose. So I think there is definitely room for this to exist. Well, um, that's fine, but he's also a different character altogether. You know, he, he's not Hal Jordan. He's not, you know, all the other characters that were the Green Lantern. Well, Which that's I why I'm point. saying, I, I don't think I'm interested in just casting. If if you cast someone of color and then put him in Clark Kent and have him embody Clark Kent and he just grows up on that farm in Kansas, then there doesn't seem to be a whole point, lot of point to it. We, I think this is time now we need to take this character and it's got to be something different. And it's got to be something new. But let, let me ask this question. Does the way they present it matter? Like in, instead of them saying, here's Superman. What if they say this is a Superman story? That's, I, see, I think that's still cool. I mean, like, no, I know, but, but does, does that make a difference in that case? Sure. So you're not really, you know, completely wiping the slate clean of everything you've known. And this is now what you're supposed to go with. Listen, this they, is just, an alternate take. Yeah, they got the multiverse. They got the multiverse built in, right? This right. is Earth X Superman. Right, exactly. I mean, so if you present it that way, perfect. You know, the people that hold Christopher Reeve close to their heart still have them. They're they're not being asked to dismiss all of that. And I don't think that's the case anyway. I don't think they're asking for any dismissal of any of this stuff. I think it's being open to the existence of another version of that. Agreed. I think Phil's right. And I know there's a lot of chatter online about people being loyal to Cavill. And I think the reason isn't because he's a Caucasian. I think the reason is, like, the guy looks ready to be Superman, and you really haven't let him be Superman yet. The guy's been Superman for almost ten years, and what have you allowed him to do? Just give him... Like they. I do feel they need to, like, someone needs to just take him and go okay we're gonna allow you finally to be superman i feel like if he leaves now you're always gonna look back and go man that they really did botch that whole thing with him so i mean just toss a a coin to that witcher it's okay he'll be fine (laughs) now one of the reasons and by the way excellent job guys thank you for participating in this is there any other comments you want to make before we move on here to the next reason why i think there is never going to be a better time to do this no, I would just simply say, like, kind of what Phil was saying, man, if you want to know how to do it right and, and really, really update your character and make them fit, you have to follow that Miles Morales model. Like, yeah, that absolutely. is, that was done with such a deft touch and it was just so perfect and it didn't, it just felt so genuine to the character. And, and that was the I, I, my son believes that Miles Morales is Spider Man and I'm right there alongside him. I think it's I that's how you do it. Now, and then this, this goes along with everything being cyclical, right? It's never a better time to do it because you've got a template. And Mar- Marvel borrowed from you. Go borrow from them. Okay? You you have the opportunity to do that. 
Plus, we have a big surprise on our hands, and it's something a couple of podcast episodes ago I predicted was in big trouble. The Superman and Lois trailer came out. It looked really stupid. And then I sat down and I watched the premiere. And oh my goodness, I cannot believe how good this show is. It is everything I could have wanted from a, two, a Superman TV series. And uh, our, our good buddy Tim, who is about as difficult a critic as there is, can't say enough wonderful things about it. It is the most Superman-like show. Superman-like live-action anything I have seen since Christopher Reeve. And I'll say Superman 2, the Richard Downer cut. It hits hitting every single right tone. Um, I don't want to give too much away. I know this is probably a few months old, but just the way they have depicted Smallville, it feels it feels partly rooted in the past, and it feels very dangerously contemporary. Um, the biggest thing that was a concern was Superman having two teenage boys. I am stunned that that element of the show is enhancing everything they're doing. It would have been so easy for those two kids to be annoying, so easy for when they find out to be Superman and the inevitable, uh, oh, I've got some powers too, I need to be your sidekick. Superman is a father. He is also Superman. He is also Clark Kent. Um... He is struggling with raising his two boys. They actually have done such a tremendous job building the family drama that you forget you're watching Superman until he takes off into the air. And you're like, oh yeah. Now, they have a real interesting spin on Lex Luthor. Is the, the funny thing is about this, and Phil, I know like tangentially you are very familiar with the CW Arrowverse. Mm-hmm. This thing is part of that universe. He has referenced the characters, but it feels so far removed from the Arrowverse that I am, I, I'm, I'm at this point. I'm like, keep those other shows away from Superman and Lois. Now, here's the other thing: this thing does not shoot on a soundstage. It shoots on location. It's outside. And they're going into a town. They're going to the the, the, the uh, Kent farm. Um, I cannot say enough good things about this. We're four episodes in. It has not lost a single thing off its fastball. It is absolutely already, I'd say, challenging Arrow Season 2 for the best. And it's probably already surpassed it. Unless they completely fall off a cliff as the best thing that this that uh, the Arrowverse has done. And it and now to me now it's no longer the Arrowverse because he's gone, his show's over, and now this is the show they, they brought in to take over and oh my gosh, it is and, and Tim brought up a really good point. When the 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 I'm looking at their names now, Bitsy Tulik, who plays Lois Lane, and Tyler Hocklin or Hochlin, I didn't even know their names. And they played Superman and Lois in the CW verse multiple times. They didn't really do anything. They were just sort of there. Within minutes, you're watching this going, oh, she is absolutely Lois Lane. He is absolutely Clark Kent. Now, here's the thing. He's not the bumbling Clark Kent, the charming Clark Kent, you know. He, you know Christopher Reeve adjusts his glasses. He 
He knocks over orange juice while he's picking up his coat. You know, he's not doing any of that, but because he's got other concerns now. I can't say enough good things about this. I think that the one of the, the main reason there's never a better time to experiment with Superman on the big screen is if you really want your traditional Superman, boy, do you have it. I am so excited about the future of this show. We know it's going to get screwed up, right? Because it's a network show. they got to do 26 episodes a year. That's a lot of volume. At some point, it's going to fall off a cliff. But right now... You're going to throw a Doomsday in there. Yeah. <laughs> right now, man, I am telling you, I am absolutely blown away. I couldn't be more pleased. This thing has been fantastic. I am so excited to watch more. I know it's gone for a while. It comes back in May, um, and it's going to go straight through the summer. So... <laughs> If you if you are so inclined, at least you got you know what they do a montage of Clark Kent narrating, getting you up to speed to where the series picks up. It's beautiful. It's beautiful just from when he arrives and his is being raised on Krypton and all that, into right up to the point where the reason they go back to Smallville. It's about four minutes. Great stuff. I'm so happy to be able to say, like as as Phil knows from the life of this podcast, there there was nothing to attach superman to for the longest time and now all of a sudden here comes a ton of stuff so i'm excited about it darren was it you that made the mention about the, the casting being more of the uh christopher reeve margot kidder model as opposed to the dean kane uh, terry fisher i'm sorry uh terry hatcher yes as far um, as she's attractive but not too attractive and he's like attractive but not too yeah, attractive there's, there's there's something a little off about both of them and there's something a little off about Christopher Reeve, and there's always something a little off about Margot Kidder. And it's, you know, because you think about it, she's this, you know, balls-to-the-wall reporter at the biggest city in the world who no one, she, no one can pull one over on her. So she's going to be a little off. And this character, the way they're doing Lois, she feels important. Uh, she didn't feel that important in the first two, but now she really feels important. And... The same with this Superman. There's something just a little off about him that you makes you keeps you guessing. So yeah, I that's a that's a good observation, Gary. Yeah. So I, I I do not watch a lot of TV, but uh, th this one is tempting me to actually sit down and binge it at one point. At least Which watch that first here. episode, man. Phil, I think your mic is muted because we didn't hear anything you just said. No, I'm okay. I couldn't hear anything you said. What were you saying? I, I wish it was more easily accessible um, other than having to like, sit on my computer and watch on the CW because I don't have it on any of my streaming services. The CW Seed is a free app, and it shows up the next day for free. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that's what I watch it on because I don't have the CW on my streaming service. So I just download the CW Seed for free, shows up for free the next day. Hmm. Interesting. And right. it does go along right. with the whole they've changed yep. a bunch of stuff, but it still feels so right. Okay. I mean, so nothing like canical, though, as far as where he's from. Well, the biggest change is going to be his two teenage sons. Well, right. But I mean, that, that's sort of a future take, not necessarily changing the past. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's just... It, I mean, I don't know. I I can't recommend it enough. I think I've said enough about it already. Um, it's I'm really excited by the show. And as you know, I, I, I've been you know carrying the Superman torch since day one. 
on this podcast. So it's nice to finally have something because I had to sit through Man of Steel, right? And I had to sit through Justice League <laughs> and it's all been trash. And meanwhile, I'm watching Phil just bathe in the glory of the MCU and all of that. And meanwhile, they just kept crapping all over the Man of Steel. And now I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> Almost makes up for the Batman, huh? Well, we'll see. That thing's just looking worse and worse. Matt, you pointed that out to me. And you pointed out a few things. And I look back mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, he's right about this. <laughs> I actually forgot to ask you about that uh, last recording. Um, the, the whole aspect of Bruce Wayne's parents being evil. What does that do to Batman? Yeah, exactly. Good point. What's the point of being Batman then? I have to avenge my parents. You know your parents were dicks, right? Oh, so they probably deserved it? Yeah. Well, no need to do this. <laughs> All right. Hmm. Well, thank you for indulging me, gentlemen. I know... Uh, Phil, I don't want to say you owed me one here, but I, I was I was more than pleased to uh, to kind of uh, listen to your excitement with each every single one of those Marvel movies being so good. Um, I, I I I deserve this one, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I hope it keeps being good, at least for a while. Yeah, give me give me give me the first season, and then, and then right. I'll be happy. And then you know there'll be highlights along the way. So, but. We uh we got someone popping their cherry for the second month in a row. Woohoo! Yeah. So Phil, you might want to you know I don't know get some towels or be ready because <laughs> you got two months in a row. Is that possible to have that twice? Well, it was right. like my first well, retro we're review. Find out. <laughs> All right. Now, my very 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 first ridiculous comic book trivia. You know how this works, right? Can you you want to explain it? We haven't done it in a long time, is why I ask. Phil, you want to go right. ahead and uh, give the explanation yeah, yeah. here? So, Ridiculous Comic Book Trivia is a little, little mid-podcast game that we like to play. Uh, it's been a little while since we've done it. Uh, I believe that I generally, surprisingly, do pretty well at these. Um, you make that face all you want. For a long time, Johnny and I were dominating, and you, for some reason, were struggling, and I don't know why. Uh, we haven't really brought it back for a while, so it's good to see it back. I think we might need to wipe the slate clean now that yeah. we have new people. So we're uh, zero to zero to zero to zero. Sadly, you cannot win any. Well, you could win points if you somehow stump all three of us. That's right, Garrett. So I don't think that's going to happen, though. The way that this works is we generally have a handful of stories, some three to six, uh, usually closer to like four. Um, it kind of varies depending on how crazy we get of stories that we have related to a specific thing. So for instance, I may make a Spider-Man trivia in which I will talk about the different symbiotes that exist. Um, three of them will be real. One will be fake. And the other people have to pick which one is the one that is fake. The fake one is something that the person who is hosting that evening, tonight will be Gary, uh, they wrote it themselves and they are trying to stump us to think that this could be a thing that is real. Uh, it's fun. It shows our running chops and shows how well we know things. Gary would not give us any legit heads up as to what this thing is other than it's something that I have all the issues to or something like that. So I'm interested to see. So Gary, bring... Before we begin, here was the final score before us wiping this late clean. 
Johnny, <laughs> Johnny six, Phil four, Darren three, Tim zero. Now I'd like to point out that I was down with zero, so I actually it looks like I won like the last three times we did it. Johnny yeah, got off to a, Johnny got off to a six and zero start before he left the podcast, and it was very frustrating. Because we, Phil and I would craft some things that were really imaginative, and he'd be like, yeah, it's this one. So anyway, I think Gary, I had a zero in there, too. What's that? I think I had a zero in there, too. Uh, that's right. That you did participate the one time, yes. Yeah, so. Was the, uh, what, comic book toy crossover oh, or something? Oh, like yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Okay. So, Gary, let's like do Mad it. Like Mad Balls and something else. And... What do we got? All right. Well, guys, I was uh, really excited about this one until I started listening to some back issues. I found out... Uh, Back in episode 66, you guys uh, both touched on this. I'll take your word for it. The, the year remember. was 19, 1996. Uh, DVDs had just debuted in Japan. <laughs> Stateside, Bill Clinton had just been elected to his second term as president of the United States. Meanwhile, at the panel scanners, uh, Darren had just begun his second year of college, full of hope and wonder as to what his future might bring. Uh, I was spending most of my time trying to find the answers to life at the bottom of a bottle of wild turkey, convinced that I would never love again. Phil's body was going through some amazing changes, and he was starting to wonder if girls were indeed as icky as he had previously thought. I already knew about one. And Matt, well, I, I think Matt has as, bu- as much knowledge of what he was doing at the time as I do right now. So. <laughs> In comics, uh, two cosmic brothers... The personifications of Marvel and DC Universe awoke from slumber and became aware of each other's existence. To find out whose universe was superior, heroes and villains from both realities battled each other, leading into a merging or amalgamation of two existences. This became known as the Amalgam Universe. In 1997, Marvel and DC released a number of single-issue titles featuring these combined heroes and villains. There are close to 100 unique characters in the Amalgam universe. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, identify the one character on my list that did not actually exist in the pages of the Amalgam books. This sucks. There are so many, and I cannot remember them all. Okay. Here are a couple uh, caveats. Not caveats. Um, I will not be giving you the books' names, such as Generation Hex, Assassins, the JLX, or Bruce Wayne, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, I will not be giving the obvious, such as Super Soldier, Dark Claw, Iron Lantern, or Doctor Doomsday. But because I am a uh, merciful host, I will also not be giving you the completely obscure, like Daryl Rutabaga, Pow Wow Boom Boom Smith, Vance Cosmic, or Paste Eater Pete. Ah, that was Matter Eater Lab. <laughs> No, that was that was half of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I will be presenting you with characters that you have shown some fondness for, and some that were just too good to pass up. Which I feel will give you at least a fighter's chance in identifying the bogus amalgam character. Uh, I initially had nine of these picked out, Dang. but I randomly tossed out three. Oh, good. Um, Matt, if you are not familiar. Here are the examples of the ones that I threw out. Fanicide, which is an amalgamation of Thanos and Darkseid. Dead Devil, the man without life. It's an amalgamation of Daredevil and Deadman. Dead 
Speed Demon. Oh, come on. The Flash. And Ghost Rider. So, here's what I have left. Here are the six options that I will present to you. Um, who is going to take the first guess? Now, again, Phil, I know you have this entire collection. Darren, you are the one that brought this up in your uh, least favorite events. It was your number three, where you did list off a couple of these. Oh, okay. And uh, for those of you who are interested, that was episode 66 in the uh, 38th minute. He wow. touches on all Well that. done, sir. Wow. Like I said, I've been listening. <laughs> okay, in no particular order. Hyena. Hyena is a villain within the Amalgam universe. He is a cross between the Joker from DC Comics and Sabretooth from Marvel Comics. Dark Claw's worst enemy. Hyena is also called the Cackling Canine. Hyena is once a man called Creed H. Quinn who served in the Royal Canadian Air Force with Logan Wayne. All right. Number two, Bizarnage. Bizarnage was made through a botched experiment at Project Cadmus in an attempt to replicate alien DNA. The white gooby creature they created went crazy and began destroying everything and everyone in its way. Bizarnage was a symbiotic alien monster who could graft himself into another being. He possessed most of the powers of Carnage, including clay-like shape-shifting, super strength, and deadly claws. Bizarnage is a combination of DC's Bizarro and Marvel's Carnage. Oh, I love this one. <laughs> nope, wrong one. Deadstroke, the Terminator with a mouth. Deadstroke, Slade Wilson, the Terminator with a mouth, is a villain within the Amalgam universe. He is a cross between DC Comics' Deathstroke, the Terminator, and Marvel's Deadpool. A skilled swordsman, marksman, and hand-to-hand -hand combatant, Deadstroke, an assassin for hire, also has an accelerated healing factor, which he gained while in a secret program run by the Royal Canadian Air Force's Weapon Alpha, or Weapon A program, which I like to think is pronounced Weapon A, you know, because it's <laughs> Canadian. Phil, get your hands away from that computer. No, he's looking no, them up. I'm, There's I'm, too many. There's too many. They'll never find them. No, I'm not even trying. I'm thinking. I'm making, okay. making post-it note list. All righty. Uh, Dick Grayson was a young acrobat in a local circus, but was forced to leave when it was discovered he suffered from a split personality and had an aggressive alter ego. Mark Spector. Bruce Wayne, however, saw much potential in the young man and recruited him to S.H.I.E.L.D. Dick then used his circus outfit to create the costume identity of Moonwing. But still, Moonwing is an amalgamation first name. of Marvel's Moon Knight and DC Comics' Nightwing. Timberwolf by Night, Bryn Russell, is an amalgam of Marvel Comics' Werewolf by Night and DC Comics' is Timberwolf. Say that name again. Timberwolf by Night. Timberwolf by Night. God. He's a lycanthrope who can assume a feral wolf-like form and is a member of the Legion of Galactic Guardians 2099. He was killed during the Chrono Collapse of 2099. And finally, my personal favorite, Lobo the Duck. Lobo the Duck, a master of quack-foo, 
is a fearless and muscular anti-hero bounty hunter who, along with his shape-shifting canine sidekick Impossible Dog, is investigating the murders of several Amalgam comic superheroes. Lobo only agrees to find the murderers as the aforementioned heroes had paid him up front and soon begins his investigation. Lobo fights his way through Gold Kidney Lady, Dr. Bongface, and various other supervillains before he realizes that the end of the world is about to begin and only he can stop it. He is a combination of DC Comics' Lobo and Marvel's Howard the Duck. So here are your options. Once again, Lobo the Duck, Timberwolf by Night, Moonwing, Deadstroke, Bizarnage, and Hyena. Gentlemen, those are your options. And one of them is Complete Bupkis. I am between two, and I'm, I'm leaning more toward one. So discuss amongst yourselves as to who will take the first stab. I will dive two feet in if no one else wants it. I think I know it, but go ahead, Phil. I'm going to say Bizarnage is the one that is a no-no. I think Bizarnage is out. Okay, so that is Phil's choice. So yes. Bizarnage is no longer an option for you two to select. Because there were four that I was 100% certain existed, and one other that I was pretty sure did. Matthew or Darren? Go ahead, well, the only one that I can take off the list that I'm almost 100% positive existed was Deathstroke. That's, that's the only one I know. Uh, Deadstroke. Deadstroke. Sorry, sir. I'm positive that had to have existed. Um, I would hope there wouldn't be one called Timberwolf by Night, so I guess that's just that's going to have to be my guess. Just All right. hope that's not a superhero name. All right. So Matthew is going with Timberwolf by Night. Darren, bring her home. I select this one knowing that I'm wrong because I don't have the option to select the one I know is right. And I will go with uh, Moonwing. Moonwing was my other my other one, Darren. Those are the two I was down to. And the point goes to me. <laughs> Which one? Are you selected one? all exist. Moonwing appeared in Agent of Shield number one. Timberwolf by Night appeared in Spire Boy Team Up number one. A shame. And Bizarnage appeared in Spider Boy number one. Was that Hyena? No, no Hyena actually existed. He was also in uh, Legend Lobo of Dark Lobo the Duck. I swore Lobo the Duck was real. Just came in yesterday, buddy. Lobo <laughs> the Duck exists. I couldn't pass this one up. So, wait, hold on. Then... So then what he's saying is it did not exist back during the amalgam phase, right, Gary? The one that I made up? No, no, th this was one of the amalgam books. Oh. Lobo the Duck existed. What did you make up? Deadstroke, the Terminator with a mouth. Are you serious? How could we not have... Oh, that was the only one I was 100% positive existed. I'm barely sure that, that they ripped off that character. Oh. Bill, you had mentioned in episode 66 a Deathstroke crossover which with Daredevil. It was an amalgamate, a female amalgamation. Amalgamation. You're right. Deathstroke. It's been so long. And there was also what was it? Um, wow. They crossed along with like 
uh, Adam X or something like that. It was like Terminator X. So he was actually crossed over with two different characters. From Public Enemy? Deadpool was not one of them. How do you not cross over Slade Wilson and Wade Wilson? I know. I know. That's just it. How do you not? Clearly, the character was a derivative. I was even purposeful. Uh Oh, I I think even in the, uh, what was it? Did you read the latest uh, Deadpool anniversary issue? Yeah, I did. I think he even mentioned in there about kind of being a a ripoff of uh, Mm -hmm. some stroke of death guy. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Well, well done, Gary. Woo! Yeah, well done. Yeah. Carol and John still has some of these in their box, too. Not as suck. But I have the first time they did it from 96. I have pretty much everything with the couple. That's what you said. You even had some ones that had been autographed by the artists or yeah. something like that? Yeah. Yeah. They're like thrown in a box because they're worth nothing, but. Oh, I, I saw Lobo the Duck. I'm like, I got to find out about this. It's it's a disappointing read. Oh, they're all bad. Oh, yeah, I know. I, I have, uh, I think it was Generation Hex. What you're saying like, is rush out and get them then, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, waste the money. <laughs> Go yeah. go and search through a quarter bin somewhere and find them. It's probably it's better than Justice League. Like, um, let's see some ones I didn't use. Roz Apocalypse was a good one. Wait, you're making these up? No, Roz. no, these are other ones I remember seeing. Oh, okay. I was gonna. I had a list of okay, ones cool. I had to cut through. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was. I mean, not since uh, like what Baby Boomerangatang from the like the Tick second season, where some of these names were just yeah. Amazing. My favorite character from the t- character from the tick will always be the rake. Rake, it's from Ohio. That's from why you may Ohio. not have heard of him. <laughs> so good. Well, congrats, Gary, for uh, starting strong there. Oh man! After I heard you guys talk about like, oh, I'm sunk. No, no. There's too many. There are just too many, and none of them were good. That's the problem. <laughs> there were no highlights. They were all unbelievable. The one that ended up winning was the one that was the most believable. Well yeah, done. You're right. One was, I think it was like Galactic, which was like a cross between Brainiac and Galactus or something like that. And they were just. Why are you yeah. bother with that one? I mean, I, man, my brain, my brain literally wants to believe that dead stroke existed. Seems I, like I, it's mean, I even saw the costume in my cool. head. <laughs> I did. I saw that thing in my head. Yeah, no, I, I scanned the entire wiki. I went through, you know, I pulled the descriptions off of a number of different pages. Deadpool was not even a uh, consideration in that. Wow, that's great. Wow. Not as popular at that time. Well, see, that oh, was right. 97, so I don't really know if he had hit his stride yet. No, no, not at all. Probably. He was, no. still, he was still a very serious character at that point, too. He wasn't. Yeah. All right, moving on to one of our tried and trues that has existed for a very, very long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, I want to up someday. Cool. Not today, though. Oh, Gary, okay. it is so good. Gary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right, tell us about your big one, Phil. No, no, no. This- <laughs> That's done. You just gotta log off for the night. <laughs> it reminds me of the the Tobias Funke character in Arrested. <laughs> yeah, he keeps on saying inappropriate things, and Jason Bateman's character keeps on saying he's like, you know, you might want to carry a video recorder, a tape recorder around, and, and listen to yourself. Nope, don't see anything wrong with that. Oh. Nope, nope, it's fine. I guess you could say I blew myself. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. All right. So. Oh no. <laughs> That's fine. Milk the time. I'm gonna make this last forever. Hey, I, right. I watched Justice League to, uh, recently, buddy. It's not gonna feel that long to me. That's fair. All right. So, retroactive review of Invincible from 2003 to 2017. Uh, Robert Kirkman's dive into a superhero character. Um, my whole point of diving into this is because one, I never read it. Um, Robert Kirkman, obviously best known for, uh, walking dead, uh, currently reading oblivion song by him, which is quite interesting. So I figured diving back into this would be good, especially since Amazon prime felt that the series is good enough to make an animated show that it launched or is launching March 26th. Not hundred percent sure when this is going to go live. Uh, it's a 144 issues, uh, so it's a little bit of a heavy read. It is collected into three omnibuses uh, or compendiums of of comics. So take it as however you want to attempt to read it if you are so interested. So the general premise of Invincible is that the main character, Mark, superhero name, Invincible, shocking, uh, his father is a superhero and uh, he is like the top, kind of your generic Superman character, right? Uh, he's an alien. He came to the planet to help them and is fighting them off. Uh, he is a Vulturman. So this alien race is pretty much unknown. The whole idea here is like same thing, like they don't really exist. He's on the planet. He has a wife. He has a son. He's waiting for his son to get his superpowers. So the comic picks up with Mark not having any superpowers yet and kind of finding them. And his father teaching him how to be a superhero, how to use his powers, how to fly, how to use the super strength and all that. Um, there is a twist that I don't really want. Like, obviously, this twist happened in 2003. So it's a spoiler. I don't really want to say it because with the... Um, show coming out it's it's obviously going to be a big turning point in the show because it's going to happen in this first season no matter what it, it happens very soon so what it basically comes down to without giving the spoiler is that the alien race that um mark's father is a part of is trying to basically take over the whole galaxy slowly coming over they're super strong so they're able to destroy these things so they were one of the main enemies of the overall arc of the story figuring out how to deal with them how to destroy them how to defeat them because most other alien races are unable to so that is one segment of story so there are multiple story story arcs that go out the other story arc is mark invincible trying to figure out how to be a superhero um his father goes away for various reasons um again don't want to say why exactly because it's kind of a cool situation as to what goes on there and mark really stumbles through figuring himself out dealing with the rage that is inside of him because he is half this alien race and these aliens have a major temper problem uh, unable to hold himself back while committing, like stopping crimes from happening, trying to figure out what's best for the world. And it's a lot of him dealing with that. Uh, Mark grows out throughout the series. So it starts off with him in high school, kind of think like Peter Parker-ish. Starts off in high school, goes to college, doesn't do well in college because he's too busy fighting crime. Uh, ends up in space, dates another superhero, 
tries to have like a family with her, uh, gets stuck in a time lapse. So much stuff happens. Uh, it's this poor guy. And it ultimately builds up to the last 15 issues or so of all of the people that he had met throughout this, this 144 issue run getting together and trying to stop this alien race from ultimately destroying their planet controlling their planet, controlling all these different pieces of the universe. Um, there is another big bad who pokes its head throughout in the last three or four issues is dealing with that and the struggle that Mark has stopping this person because this person is like one of his first friends as a superhero and the guy is doing all these things because he feels that it is the right thing to do because he's too smart to understand that it's hurting people, but he just sees it as like a mathematical equation that because the greater good is what will occur, this is why I am doing it. Um, again, don't want to reveal who that is because again, big surprise while reading it. Um, I think that's my biggest regret of doing this now is that I have to dive around a lot of these spoilers because generally something that that is this old, uh, I'd be able to just pour all of the juicy bits out um, and we can't smile, laugh, Matt, I know you want to, uh, but I'm trying to dance around a lot because I have generally high expectations for the show. The early reviews that have come in seem to be positive. Um, not like glowing 10 stars or anything, but like generally good. So if it's a good representation of what the comic had to provide, it's worth keeping those big surprises a surprise um i i would say that if you were looking for a superhero comic that is not the normal throw on a cape and fight crime but also have the battle of if i do this thing and a certain amount of people get hurt but more people come out ahead is that the right thing to do um is it okay for me to abandon this because I might cause more harm than help? Lots of these like human arguments of someone who is not completely human, which was really, really, really engaging throughout. Uh, I was amazed. I didn't think I'd actually make it through at all before we got here because lots of crazy busy life stuff, but I trudged through them as quickly as possible um, because I wanted to. And the characters are incredibly likable. The ones that are not, are super not likable and it's intentional and it's obvious why robert kirkman is is known for this on top of walking dead because everybody talks about him and like the work on the walking dead but this comic has gotten a ton of praise a ton of critical acclaim and it's really obvious to see why uh ryan otley does the art throughout and it's very very good um, definitely not all ages, very bloody, lots of people getting limbs ripped off and uh, people exploding and uh, really, really gory stuff pretty quick in, but um, definitely very good. So if you want something that's outside of the big two and you can read the whole thing, I would highly, highly recommend giving Invincible a read. You done giggling, Darren? Because you didn't get through that whole thing without laughing over that one joke. There were more than one joke. I do wonder, is this a book that is... Um, how many 
double entendres per issue are there more colloquially known as a that's what she said statement i mean you're invincible so that was an editorial decision for your uh, review is what you're saying yeah, because I'm not a big old pervo in my head, and I'm just trying to talk about a comic. You could have fooled me. So I do have a couple of questions. So though. what we're saying, hold on, time out. So what we're saying is going forward, anytime we're doing one of these, Darren, you want me to call you on double entendres that you're saying. Good luck. Because there's a ton of them. Because you can remember, I script mine. So if they're there, I they're know, intentional. Which is the part. They're, they're, they're intentional. I think we do that for sure, yes. To make sure they're caught. Yeah, that's our new thing. If someone gets, uh, so, yeah, uh... <laughs> Right. Everyone needs to be. (laughs) Everyone needs to be on the watch out. So, Phil, um, this is from Skybound, right? Yeah. Okay. With him, Kirkman, um, does he? Is he? The book recently ended, or is ending? Is that right? It ended in 2017. Okay, so I'm a little bit behind in time. Did he go all the way through with that book? Yes. Okay, because all right, the reason I ask is because. Um, Thief of Thieves came out right around the same time, and that was Kirkman also. And I know he abandoned Thief of Thieves at some point, and I'm assuming he, he did that to stay with Invincible. Um, <clears throat> where would you rank this in with his works, uh, some of the stuff you've read? I mean, I haven't read a ton of his stuff. Like I said, I, I've read, I read like the first hundred issues of Walking Dead. Yeah, that's about what I did. I, yeah, and I stopped right around there because I was just going, like, okay, I see what this is, like, where it's going to go. Um, Oblivion Song has been interesting. You're reading Firepower as well, so you kind of know what's going on there. Um, I mean, it, I feel like everything that I've read from him is very unique. So I, I, I'm having a problem really rating them. I think I like it more than The Walking Dead, but I'm over the whole zombie thing anyhow. Yeah, I get uh, I think I, it might be toward the top because I think I like a little more than firepower, but again, it's 144 issues versus what eight. So it's hard when there's so much more, there's like a much larger quantity of this than there is of anything else that I've read of his Okay. and very fleshed out and obviously really well thought out. Um, and in, in a universe that already exists because Invincible first showed up in tech jacket, which is another superhero in that oh that, that are you saying his first appearance was in something called tech jacket mm-hmm. okay um you you made some connections obviously it feels like at least the origins and the feel and the, and the setup you can almost draw a straight line between invincible and spider-man um where do you think at some point did it did it find its own voice and, and if so when do you think that started to occur well, I mean, it, it definitely had its own voice throughout because, again, I had to edit a lot of stuff out simply due to trying to keep it spoiler-free for the show. Uh, I felt like it was a blend between a lot of things up until the big twist that happened relatively early, which, again, is going to be one of the things that I think is going to be presented in the cartoon. Okay. Um, just simply by, I did watch the trailer for this because I was reading the comic anyway, and I was like, it's going to be, I want to see how much it's like running with the storyline. Mm-hmm. And it looked like sh- they showed what happened, but I could tell it happened like off screen. So 
So it feels um, pretty close, is what you're saying. That they're going to follow some. Yeah, I think it's going to follow relatively close. It looks like I saw a lot of the same main characters out the gate, but I think there might be a, a few different things. But I do think the big moments are going to be relatively the same. Uh, as for like even drawing the parallel to like Peter Parker, I I mean there's similarities. I don't think it's completely the same. Just his growth of of starting off in high school, going to college not finishing college, that type of thing, uh, versus Peter, who does go, you know, through college and does all that stuff. So, yeah, it's interesting that you you brought up the fact that he does try to go to college. He sort of, you know, washes out because, oh, he's busy at night fighting crime. And, you know, this, it, that's interesting because Spider-Man being the super genius, you know, he didn't seem to struggle with college. But it's, I, do you think that's like, sometimes it is difficult to relate to Spider-Man on that level. But in mm-hmm. this particular case, do you think that was done intentionally to allow people to relate more heavily to this character? No, I, I think that I think because one thing I did leave out uh, is that he does work for like the global defense agency. So he has an earpiece in. So he was getting called out during the day to like take care of this random alien that showed up and started destroying the city. So he would miss class to go and fight the monster. It wasn't as much like Peter Parker, who was late to class because he was too busy helping somebody get their purse back. I so, see. like, Peter Parker is more ground-level superhero yeah. versus... This is, like, kid Superman without guidance. Okay. So, uh, this is more about the show. I mean, I, I know it hasn't debuted yet, and it's not only season one. But do you, are, are they going to, like, truncate the comic series, or are they going to try to drag this out? Not drag it out, but... Are they going to kind of go lockstep with the series, or are they going to kind of... I'm sure they're going to shave. They, they have to shave stuff out. I mean, they could focus on, with all the side stories going on with the different characters, because they did focus on quite a few of the other main characters and, like, what happened with them. Um, like, Robot gets sucked into another dimension, and... He's only gone from them for like maybe a week, but he was really gone for like hundreds of years. Okay. So they might cut that story arc out. Like they might have him actually go, but they might not actually do the arc of what happened there once that occurs. Uh, some of the stuff that happened in space, some of the like romances they might cut just to speed things up. Just, I mean, even looking at the fact that the first season is only, I think, eight episodes or something like that. And it looks like the first big twist happens, and that is moving faster than the comics did, for sure. Did you see the cast list for uh, the show? I did, but I can't remember. I remember Just being... to give, I guess, a little reference on as far as uh, you know, how well-received this was, as mm-hmm. far as who they got. Uh, John Hamm oh. is in there. Um, Michael Dorn. Worf. Which I believe was Worf. Yeah. Worf. Uh, Seth Rogen. Mark Hamill, who does uh, four episodes, and uh, character actor J.K. Simons, I Tim think, plays oh, yeah, the, uh, the father, Nolan Grayson. Yeah, yeah. Sandra O oh is also in this. So there, there's uh, they got some pretty big names on this. I, like I said, I'm very in high regard. I'm hopeful it's going to be good. It it interested me enough to read this. Like I said, I saw the I saw the art. And I heard very good things about this, and it had been on my backlog for a while. And this just kind of gave me the extra push to read it with the mass quantity of things out there that we're trying to read. <laughs> yeah, I, I keep trying. They keep taking them away from me. 
You just gotta find old stuff like this. Yeah. The only problem is, and I have to buy a hundred issues at one time, and that you know that kind of adds up. <laughs> well, that's that's sadly when you do the digital beat. Uh, this older stuff, that's generally the way I go. Hey Phil, thanks for uh, thanks for doing this one. It's one I've been interested in reading for quite some time, and uh, I, I think you sold me on it. I I would recommend it. I think it's good. No, you're getting into something that is violent at times, and there are slow parts. I would say out of the 144, maybe 20 issues could have been done without. I know that seems kind of high, but even those 20 issues had merit. It's just you could have probably moved on without them. Um, That could have been just described in a paragraph or two later. Yeah, and I mean, obviously there were like somewhat recap halves to issues meant for most likely those everybody who reads anything outside of the big two knows they take giant hiatuses in the middle of um, series. And sometimes they have to do the recap. So those recaps obviously existed in the compendiums, but I didn't need them because I read them all back to back. So, but other than that, I mean, it's, it's a solid read. It's, it's aged pretty well. There are definitely moments that you can feel the time that it was written, but especially the last 60 issues or so were were very good were very engaging and i i couldn't put it down very nice very nice all right any anything else all right what we got coming up well you know the general normal stuff uh we will probably hit early next month with some while we were away uh We'll, we'll see what other fun segments we can tuck in there. I know that uh, depends on a little bit of how much stuff goes down between each episode. Um, I do know later in the month we are going to do some stick stuck, stick stuck, stick. Oh my God. SSPS. Can't even say it right now. SSPS. Stick stuck, pick Sayonara, end of the night. And we got another cherry time. I have a lot of retractions from last week. Um, Stick stuck pick Sayonara and uh, Matt is going to have a retro yeah. later the month and so it will be his first go at that. So next oh, month we'll have some interesting things. Popping my proverbial cherry. That. <laughs> I'm choosing not to say things anymore since I'm destroyed. If you, I, you get I'm me, just, man. Don't, get hey, don't me, worry. Man. It'll be my turn to get destroyed next time. Yeah. So no, no. I'll make sure to slip in some double entendres just for Darren's sake there, too. Uh, Thanks. So my own. I'll, I'll giggle on myself. It's, it's your turn in the barrel. It's very distracting when he has an oral fixation going on over there and giggling at me. <laughs> He's you, winking you, at me. I don't know. You just oh, never noticed in all these years. That's what's been going on. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. So regardless, if you want to stay in touch with us, you can follow us on Instagram at Panel Scanners. Uh, we update with comics that we're reading. And uh, if you have any comments there, uh, usually I get back to people pretty quickly. If you would like, you can leave us a review on wherever you download these. You know, the more stars, the better, of course. Comment there. We'll try to get back to you there also. Uh, If nobody has anything else for the panel scanners, until next time, enjoy your comics.